Hey guys, you're listening to She's Obsessed the Podcast, and I'm your host, Jamelia Donaldson, also known as Jamelia is Obsessed. In this week's episode, it's actually part two of my Pitch Black episode with Andy Davis. We talk about how I grew Treasure Trust from literally 30 subscribers to sending boxes to thousands of subscribers every month, hiring for the needs of your business, culture, DNA, and the importance of considering both when growing a team, the importance of sleep, listening to your customer, listening to your clients, and I round it up with my advice to black founders, in particular, black female founders. Let's go. Twenty sixteen, you lose subscribers. Your your goal is to get to hundred subscribers. How many subscribers do you end twenty sixteen with? Um, I've got the numbers in front of me. Let's see. So when we launched first month, we had thirty. Yeah. Um, the end of November twenty. It was the fifteenth of November twenty fifteen. Yeah. Yeah. And then November twenty sixteen, we had two hundred and five. Yeah. So thirty and then two hundred and five. So so that you so you get so you you pass a hundred. Yeah, but I mean it's not it's not great, is it? It's it's okay. You you, you achieved your, you doubled your goal, right? Like um, yeah. well done, right? So um, and that's the that's the issue, but that's the issue now. So um, twenty so twenty seventeen. How did twenty seventeen go? Year two. What and did you do like a, at the end of year one? Did you, mm-hmm. did you do like a reflection on the first year? Was you like okay, here's our first year win. Um. Every lesson is what we need to do, or is it just go with the flow because that happens to start up now sometimes? No, 2016, 2017 is the year that I started pouring into community and paying attention to it. So, 2016, while we still had a handful of subscribers, I started setting up phone calls with our subscribers. So, I literally sent out an email like, hey, do you have five minutes to talk? Um, I actually made friends with some of our subscribers, <laughs> like, some of them are legit my friends now. Um, but I had conversations like, hey, what are you enjoying about the service? What don't you like? What brands do you want to see? What was your favorite brand? What was your favorite box? And then that was what I used to build out. Okay, cool. So I need to prioritize this brand. I need to prioritize doing these events. I need to prioritize X instead of Y. Um, And then from there, I was able to make, I would say, slightly more strategic decisions. But also, I was still a first-time founder just figuring it out. So I allowed myself that grace. But I think... I supplemented that grace with just paying attention to the customer and building a relationship with the customer, which is something that I just still, I just can't preach about it enough. Like the customer is absolute king. Yeah. So, um, 20, and, and, and that's so good. And so, so speaking of customers, and we'll get to that 2017, uh, how, how it goes. You've got three boxes still. Yeah. Um, and, and, and let's, let's do some recap. So, in a lag, you tell everyone what Treasure Trust is and how it works for and how it works for customers. Cool. So, Treasure Trust is Europe's largest monthly product discovery box. Every month, we help you discover and deliver to your doorstep the best products to care for your naturally kinky curly hair. So, you pay twenty pound a month. We send you four to five full size products. They can all be from one brand. They can be from a variety of brands. But the idea is that it's your wash day delivered. So. 
yeah, that's pretty much it. You pay so, 20 pounds so, so, plus a postage and package, mm -hmm. and you get a box full so of products. So you got 30 subscribers anywhere from 25 pounds mm -hmm. to 80 pounds. How does 2017 go? And, and at this point, no, are you so, still by yourself? How many brands do you have on board then? So what's, what happens in 2017? I want to say 2017, I want to say we've got like 20 brands on board. Um, but 2017 is the year that things start to change. Yep. 2017 enters us into the thousands. And then 2018 is the year that we really start talking thousands. Um, so, but 2018 is also the year that we start speaking with more brands. And 2018 correlates with when the brand team started being built. So the brand and sales team. So it's not just me now speaking with brands. I've also, I've also got support in the team. And um, before I'd done that hire, the hire before that was based on community, about, okay, what can we do for the community? How can we grow them? How can we get to know them? Um, the main intention of that was to outsource customer service so that I wasn't doing it because it is so demoralizing <laughs> to get emails about parcels going missing or someone absolutely hating products when you've worked so hard to secure those products and work with that brand because yeah. everyone's experience with their hair is so different and everyone's experience with a product is so different which is what keeps it exciting because like the team can be split in half. Like some will be like, oh, I absolutely love that. Other people are like, oh no, I hate it. My hair didn't like it at all. And that is part of the experience. That's part of the adventure. That's part of a hair journey. Um, so yeah, I needed to get that off of my plate so that I could focus on brand branding. That's Which year did you make your first hire? Or your first team member join? However you want to position it. Um, well, I had interns and that was a very interesting experience. Yeah. And that was in 2017, I believe. Yeah, 2017. Um, did you feel the difference between interns and a first full-time hire? My, one of my interns became my first hire. So, no, I think it's very much about the intern. What, what, um, what was the role? Sorry, say that again. What was the role, sorry? Community manager. Oh, the community manager was the first one. Yeah. But I was, I get asked this question a lot and I saw the perfect answer the other day where someone was just like, whoever your first hire, actually it was a clubhouse discussion, which is why we should be having this on clubhouse. Um, <laughs> the question was about like, who should be your first hire? And the person answered that your first hire is very much dependent on the needs of your business. Yeah. Like just because my first hire was community manager doesn't mean that the next person's first hire should be community manager. I'm sure that if the person was strong at sales, I would have put them in a sales role. Yeah. So, um, yeah, I think, I mean, it's called as part of my story, but I don't think it's necessarily something that can be applied as like a formula or a blueprint for someone else. Oh yeah, 100%. So like you have, you have, to, you have to hire for like um, the holes and um, the needed solutions in your business, 100%. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Your first, so 2017, you break into the thousands of subscribers. What, what, what enables the, what, what's the catalyst to go take you from, 205 to 1,000 plus, 1,000 plus um, 2017. What's the, what, what changes, what changes internally? Um, delegation. So I was no longer trying to do everything. I had delegated the things that weren't critical to elevate in the box. So they were critical to maintaining the box and maintaining the business as it is. But I think it's the whole thing of working in the business rather than on the business. So I wasn't, I wasn't entirely working on the business because obviously there's only two people. I was still in the business, but it did allow me the space to think about, okay, this is how this performed. If we done this brand here, how would that perform? Okay, cool. 
we focused on this region. What happens if you speak to this region? Oh, okay, cool. This email campaign went really well. What if we made that something that was recurring and we kept doing that? Oh, okay, this event worked. What if we do that again here? So it allowed me to, um, yeah, it allowed me to think a bit more strategically. And I think that that's, that's directly influenced, that directly influenced the number of subscribers that we got and the growth of the brand. Interesting. Um, so another clubhouse thing. So I was even going to move to clubhouse a few months ago, but I think it's going to Instagram. It saves and it's live. You can see people. And that's all. That's the point. I'm only teasing. Yeah, no, no, no. But we'll do something. <laughs> we'll do something on clubhouse once a week, probably from December Jan or something. In some point, December Jan, where we touch on different parts of business, whatever. Um, anyone wants to get in clubhouse? I think that's what I say. Um, as I was only for now, and um, if you want an invitation, um, let me know and I'll see if I can ask someone for an invitation or something. I don't know, do I don't have a promise with numbers. Um, yeah, anyway, so um, 2018, what was the plan come 2018? 2017, breakthrough, you're like, we've got customers, we've got business now. This is a business, yeah. right? And you feel it, this is the business. Um, what's, the, what's the goal, 2018? Um, the 2018 is to, to grow, like, let's see how big we can see this. Let's see how big we can grow this thing. Yeah. And let's get more, let's get a bigger team. Um, the first mentor that I mentioned introduced me to my second mentor, who is also an individual that has absolutely changed my life. But he's the one that if I thought I knew spreadsheets before, I did not. He taught me spreadsheets in a whole other way. So we started planning for um, everything from, okay, how many people can you afford to have on payroll right now? Okay, you need someone else. Can you prepare for it? Okay, how many subscribers do you need to be able to afford a number, another member of staff? Okay, cool. We've got that in place. Um, what's going on with warehousing? What's going on with supplies? How much, how much further in advance have you planned for that? How much have you budgeted for that? So I think 2018 is the year that I felt like, yes, like this this isn't, doesn't feel as wobbly as it once did. It feels a bit more concrete. And I've been able to convince two people to join me on this adventure. <laughs> so I must be doing all right. Um, so, yeah, 2018 for me felt like, okay, this is, this is turning into a business. Yep. And the goals of 2018, do you set them to be ludicrously high? Like, we need to just, like, shoot for the stars? Or do you set it based on... 20, look at 2017 and going, we should double that. Like, how do you think about strategic? Um, I wasn't shooting for the stars because we work with brands, which means that there's quite a few different factors that we have to consider. Yeah. So I think it was always for me like, okay, let's just double up what we've done last year. Let's double what we've done last year. Um, and then when we did reach periods of um, gaining mad momentum, it was like, okay, cool, let's see how far we can stretch this. Okay, cool, let's see like, how creative can we get with this. Um, and then I think another example or another growth spurt was definitely lockdown 1.0, whereby we were like... Wait, 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 wait. I know I'm going forward, but... I go, on, go, go, on, go on, go on, we do it in job, go on, please. Okay, cool, we job. Lockdown 1.0, um, when we started growing, we started growing faster than we could grow. And so we introduced a wait list. Um, whereby it was women who couldn't subscribe at the moment but wanted to subscribe. And in two days, we had 1,500 women on that wait list, and I thought, okay, cool. We're back in. Like, we weren't ever out of the game, but at that point, I thought, wow, like, we're really, we've really got something special here. Yeah. Um, so, so, and we, and we, um, we can always jump, right? So, um, mm -hmm. so, 
so okay cool 20 so 2018-19 are we satisfied come end of 2018 going to 2019 so going into last year are we satisfied where things are at are we ever really satisfied <laughs> like, are we satisfied <laughs> are we at least somewhat pleased with ourselves like we're going hey we've done well the team has done well yeah yeah mm. i don't know no i'm a perfectionist the team done well but everyone was under a lot of stress and a lot of pressure to make us do well. Yeah. Um, and infrastructure-wise, we were scrappy as hell, man. We were so scrappy. So scrappy. So no. So no. So, no. so 2019, then, was about creating better systems for this business. People and um, operations slash logistics systems enabling... Like reflecting a business of of your size, then, right? Precisely. So, 2018 is when we first, end of 2018, I think it was August, we moved into our first office. And that was a milestone because it was like, finally, we can stop meeting up at Costa and we can actually all sit in one room. Um, and then it got to the point where we had outgrown that office. Um, so, then it was like, oh, sugar, what do we do now? But before we deal with the office problem, we need to deal with the warehousing problem, which was the absolute ghetto. Um, so then it was a matter of going into 2020, I know I'm fast forwarding, going into 2020, it was like, okay, how do we solve for both? How do we solve for warehouse and for office to, again, stop the scrappiness? Like as much as we were growing really well, like behind the scenes, it was just not a good operation. Yeah. So for me, 2018, 2019 was about just building robust systems, attracting more really good talent, like. Yeah, amazing talent. Um, and then, yeah, just building something a lot more substantial, something that can stand the test of time. Sure. So, um, and I'm conscious of time as well, so we, we, can, we can jump a bit. So, like, so then let's we'll get to let's get to 2020 now, right? But um, just before that, so team, how many on team? How many on team now? Eight. Eight. Um, incredible. And majority black. Yeah, all black women. All black women. Phenomenal. Black women. Great women. Black and mixed women, phenomenal. Oh, wait, sorry. Let me answer that question properly. There's eight in the office, and then there's five in warehouse. One white guy in the warehouse team. Kev, got to love him. Um, but the rest of black women and black guys. So good. Thank you for that. Because I, actually, I, I asked and I heard your answer now. But I watched your awards. I knew. I knew. <laughs> <laughs> I was thinking. I was like, hold on. Let me There's the office team, and there's the warehouse team. Um, the office team are black and mixed race women. The warehouse are 100% male. Um, one white guy, four black guys. So, so um, let's. So we're gonna get to twenty twenty, and then the future and stuff, right? But then just before that, culture, hi, hiring, and building building a team and building a culture. Can we talk a bit to that? Like, how was that in Chess? Chess? And how have you found that? And we, you and I talk about we spoke earlier about um, DNA, and we talked regarding like DNA, like for for you, some people like us, Maury, uh, and stuff like in, in New York energy DNA but then I think all of that's important. Culture is important and DNA is important. Can you talk to like DNA and culture at Chess Chess? Sure. Um Lee and Khan said, oh Kev, we love him. No, we do love Kev. See, even Abby said Kev. Everyone knows Kev. Um oh, Kev. <laughs> <laughs> that's my guy. Um DNA at Treasure Chess, culture at Treasure Chess. I think because like going back to what I said about going to a girls school, majority white girls school and learning quite young the negative stereotypes that come with black women then going to new york where being black was like 
the norm and people were like loud and proud and you can oh. actually say black without offending someone yeah. that to me was like oh my days i've never seen this before because in england the minute you say black is all like it's standoffish it's a bit awkward now everyone's in their feelings um so for me i had come from a corporate background and i know what that felt like and i knew how to code switch and i wanted to work somewhere that i didn't have to code switch yeah. which meant that the people that were joining my team, a lot of them also had the same experience of working in corporate worlds and just having the longing to just come to work and still feel like you're at home and feel like you can show up as your full self because you're not being judged by um, what you're wearing, how your hair's done, the color of your skin, not to be like very typical about it, but actually like how good your work is and what you can actually bring to the table. So I think the culture of treasure trusts is one born out of sisterhood, like, there's very rarely anything that is done by one person on the team. Like it is always a collective effort. Um, I think being a part of the team, and I think I can validate this because we had a conversation about this today, but um, one of our new joiners, Pamela, and she joined the team maybe two months ago. And like we were sitting around talking and we were saying that like literally, if I turned around and said that she was my little cousin, you would believe me because the way, the intensity in which we build relationships with each other is a lot, but in a good way. Like everyone genuinely has everyone's back. And for me, it's about moving forward as a unit. It's never a one man operation. It's always, okay, what can we do for each other? How can we do it together? And how can we uplift and put black women in the best possible light? And how can we make sure that luxury isn't something that's just reserved for white women? Like, how do we also introduce luxury and adventure in beauty without completely abandoning black women? Hey, Pam. The last question, the last one, Colston. How do you, how does the culture, do, do, do you find the culture, like the culture that you set out to build, um, how do you as leader, um, a leader, part of the team, but as leader now, um, shape the culture, manage the culture, and, um, and, and, and how do you yeah, and how do you adapt to a culture? Because I say all the time, it's so interesting where when people join people join companies, yes, they have to adapt to culture, but the culture has to almost people a culture. So the culture almost has to if the people you have to sometimes shape culture in the round great people as well, but it has to align with the mission and values of the company of the company and the current culture as well. And how, so how do you find that? Um, if I'm being completely transparent, I've found it harder now that the team's getting bigger. Because before I feel like it was just the result of my influence or my behavior and me setting an example. Um, but as the company grows, I'm not always in the room. I'm not always present. So it's now a result of how everyone behaves. So I think maybe two years ago for the first time I created the first vision mission culture document where I was like, look guys, this is what we do. This is how we do it. Filled with images of Beyonce and Rihanna. And this year we had Cardi B and Meg to make it complete. But um, it's now it's we have I host these meetings as a constant reminder of guys this is what we do this is how we behave and this is how we move forward because I realize as a company grows you have to be intentional about these things like before it was extremely organic it still is organic but then I think as you invite new people in everyone brings a bit of themselves to it and the, in my opinion cultures do change when people come in but my only hope is that the culture evolves as new people come in rather than just changes completely yes. so yeah, I never really, I think I completely underestimated the importance of culture, DNA of a company, 
until this year it taught me a lot about no like it's actually a thing like people fitting within the structure or fitting with the culture that you've created or complementing or propelling forward the culture that you've created is actually a thing like it's actually not just something they write in business books and it does have a direct impact on everyone on the team the person joining the team and the people that are already on the team like it's all interconnected so I think this year was the first year that I thought oh wow like that's actually a real thing yeah it's so interesting and I've been there you get to 15 people and it's like you get that 10 to 15 people mark but it's up in 12 to 12 plus especially and you realize that it's not only the people in the operations of the business has to scale it's the culture as well the culture just has to scale and um yeah. you realize that yes there's more and more people within you you are increasingly dealing with increasing working with uh, individuals right every single every week and um and that's phenomenal because yeah there's, there's great talented um inspiring people who, who join us on these journeys every single year and mm-hmm. uh, we have to make um, our homes a special place for them as well, and a home for them. Um, 2020. So, January, February, sure. Come March, the whole world is here, right? Um, <laughs> how did you, when news of pandemic first came around and lockdown and stuff, what did you anticipate happening versus what actually happened? You spoke to a wait list and stuff. Um, and we talked to like, then how it went. Um, so when the pandemic first hit, I thought, okay, how long is this going to last for? And I thought, it's okay. You know, we know what we're doing for the next couple of months. We've got that sorted. Um, we've got products on their way, so we're completely fine. Then we get to April and the products get stuck in America. And we're like, yeah, the box needs to be packed in about two days. How's this going to work? And I think at that point, I had a call with my mentor and we said, okay, cool. In December, we set the strategy for 2020, let's do a plan B. And we literally created an entirely new spreadsheet based on worst case scenario. Like if worst case happens, what does the business look like? And then in my mind, I started preparing for that, but I didn't communicate with the team. Yeah. Conversation with the team. I said, we're gonna get through this. We always do, we're innovators, we're movers, we're shapers, like we're gonna find a way. Um, and I can honestly say it's only through the strength of the team that this year has been as successful as it has been because the level of creativity just went through the roof because I think everyone understood the seriousness of it once they started hearing that people were losing their jobs and like people they knew were being made redundant. And I think everyone cares about treasure chest enough and obviously cares about their livelihood enough to be like, you know what? We got a pivot. There we go, Lee. <laughs> we got a pivot. Like we've got to come up with a campaign that's so attractive that okay, people are losing their jobs and some of them are cancelling, but we need to backfill that. Um, so um, Beulah, who, um, Beulah and Leah came up with a social campaign called um, Self-Isolate and Subscribe because you can't leave the house to go to the hair shop. So Self-Isolate and Subscribe to Treasure Chest. And that campaign in particular was definitely a tipping point that will go down in the history of Treasure Chest because at that point we started seeing people subscribe left, right and centre. So much interest in the brand that we were like, guys, we can't send out this many boxes like we actually physically can't. So let's set up a wait list. Um, Two days, we had 1,500 people. I'd say by about three, four days, it was about 2,000. Um, and we've just kept the list going and it's over 3,000 now. So for us, it was like, wow, there really is this demand for the brand still, even in a massive global pandemic. And for me, yeah, I've just never been so grateful to work with such a talented group of people because it could have been easy for us to be like, but you know what, guys? Let's just pause the subscriptions until the end of the pandemic and then we'll come back. But 
it just was it just it wasn't something that we ever discussed it just wasn't an option in the back of my mind i knew what plan b was but i wasn't going to speak that into existence love that and that's where team mentality comes in as well i'm sadly uncovered um phenomenal we're getting to the end of 2020 um mm-hmm. the team's done remarkably well the office is incredible you're shipping to thousands of thousands of customers every month um what's the what can we expect Where's, where would just be a year from now um a year from now something that i've always needed to do is just refine our operations globally so when i launched treasure trust i launched it for the uk market and very quickly we started sending to countries all over the world now we ship to over 26 countries um one of my short-term goals is to set up warehousing facilities in those different locations to reduce the cost of shipping for our subscribers. Um, something else that I'm just ridiculously interested in is seeing black brands, black beauty brands do extremely well. So it's definitely a priority of mine to acquire a few and just help them grow in the way that I've seen American brands grow. Because I feel like as a team, we've spent so much time in the States, we've seen so much and we've consumed so much that I think I understand what the winning formula looks like for a really well-marketed brand. Now, don't get me wrong, there's amazing brands by way of formula in the UK, but when we compare the size of them compared to the US, I just feel like there's this massive disparity and I, I'm figuring out what it is, but I would really, really like to be able to take some brands under our wings and just grow them and completely grow them out of the water. What's the criteria for the brands you're looking for for anyone here? Um, <laughs> like, um, um, type four friendly. I mean, packaging, we, we can do that. Like, I think we know based on the data that we've got and the brands that we've worked with what actually sells and what actually works. For me, it's all about formula, but I also think type four products targeted at type four here i feel like that's just a massive there's just a massive gap in the market so anyone that's doing that then let's do that let's do that um great um there's a question all the other questions i've just been jimmy Lee, can you mentor me which is great but like um, i don't want to ask you the question because then i know your capacity somewhat know your capacity or in the baby and what is your advice to service space so what is your advice to service space in service space Basis in- to survive this pandemic. Yeah, and I've got then last few questions from me, and then we can wrap up. Go on. Cool. Um, I think <laughs> and speak to your customer. So, I think for us, the pandemic allowed us to really maximise the other new, the other revenue streams. So yes, we're a subscription box at our core, but we actually do so many other things. So, um, talking to our customers, leaning in, and having really frank conversations with them allowed us to understand, okay, so the need for this year is slightly different from the need for the previous year. So how can I feel that? I think it's all about just speaking to the customer, learning their needs and just adapting to fulfill their needs. That's genuinely the only advice that I can offer because that's what we've done this year and we've made the most money we've ever made. So yeah, I think it's about leaning in. I think it's about speaking to your consumer, learning your consumer, um, learning your customer, finding out their needs and finding a way to fulfill their needs, in my opinion. So, so um, thanks. So, and the very last thing before we get to the last few questions for me is, um, can we talk a bit about optimal performance and the importance mm-hmm. of, if it's mental health and rest and stuff and what that does for us, right? Like, we both discussed that. Well, we were, we were at work quite a bit, right? However, we both had a bit of a restful weekend, and, mm-hmm. which is good, right? And we're both definitely going to rest towards the latter end of this year. 
and really be really be ready in 2021, right? Really, like, really give it a go. Really, more than give it a go. We're going to really win 2021. And we can talk to the importance of, like, rest on what you've learned about how to rest your mind and your body um, to, to perform at your optimal um, pace. Boy. Um, wait, there's a question that I want to answer. Uh, how, how did you talk to your customer survey? Um, I would say that you can email your customers and find out their number, ask them to call you or call them. To me, speaking on the phone is so much more valuable than any survey results. Um, but I would do both. Do it all. Speak to them everywhere that they are. Just find out the answers that you need. Yeah, can I chip in on that? So what, what I used to do is I X amount of ten, tens of thousands of um, users on the product. I literally email like a 500 to 1,000 of them every single week. I probably ended up, hey, can I jump on a 15-minute call with you? I'd probably get 20-something replies. Um, Ten of them were organised. I actually set up a call, and then um, five would shot for the call on average, right? And that's how it goes. But I literally have calls with them every single Friday, and I've learned so much. Sometimes I'd be like 10, 15 calls, 20 calls, but other times, on average, I think it was like five to seven, eight calls a week. And that's how a lot of numbers goes. They're not numbers that like tell you at all. Like you literally just have to be consistent. Consistency is everything, and repeatedly and doing it repeatedly. And so people can't make it this week or next week or whenever you're trying to make a call for. They will eventually shop in the future, right? If they say you, if they say you care deeply enough and that you really want to know, they will be and they like the business and they're still there. They will, um, they will shop for you. So, um, call as you really said, calls, calls, calls work. They're super great. And people get to know you. It's personable and um, it's fine. Mm-hmm. Um, um, I'll answer that second question really quickly. What do you ask? What you need to find out the answers to? What they like about your business? What needs to be improved about your business? Um, how much they would pay? Does the current costing work pricing work for them? Would they recommend it for to a friend? Why not? What's their favorite thing about your business? What's their least favorite thing about your business? What would they like you to see? What would like what would, what would they like to see next from you? Um, yeah, everything that you don't know currently, your customer has the answer to, in my opinion. Um, and then speaking about mental health and rest, boy, when will I learn? Um, we're learning. No, we're learning. We're learning. We're learning. We're learning. We've spoken quite a bit. We're learning. Yeah, we're learning. Um, for me, I don't know. It might be unpopular opinion, but Saturdays, I don't do work on Saturdays no more because I need at least one day where I can wake up and just be human. Like, not feel like I'm trying to save the world. Just wake up, be human. When the world is open, maybe go out to eat and go shopping. Um, but just at least one day to myself, and I'm quite intentional about that. Um, 2019, I was very disciplined with making sure I created time and space to read and learn. 2020, I feel like, is the year I haven't consumed as much information as I have previous years, but I have imparted a lot more action, which I don't think is necessarily a bad thing because it's all about balance. Um, But I keep mentioning space because this is all my fiancé keeps talking about at the moment, but I think me allowing myself to be slightly separate from Treasure Trust. Like, yes, Treasure Trust is something that I created and something that I run, but Treasure Trust isn't Jamelia. And I think that that space allows me to feel like a human and it allows me to feel like um, I can take a break. I deserve a break. Um, And it also allows me to look at Treasure Trust from the outside and say, oh, I'm actually really proud of what we're building. Um, But in order to be able to continue to build, I just need this weekend to like, just get myself together. Um, sleep is something that I don't play with. I started listening to Why We Sleep 
um, which validated everything that I thought, which is that I can't hang. Like nine o'clock, best believe I'm in bed. No exaggeration. Like I'm either getting in the shower or I'm already in bed. I don't play with that. So while we sleep, right? I need to read it. Um, I, I, need, I need to read it. I know that one knows that um, Rachel recommended while we sleep to me. And then, mm-hmm. what, yeah, I was like, no, she, she sent me a screenshot or she sent me a picture of the book. And the, 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 it was like two, three lines, which ultimately said, people don't sleep, die. And I was like, oh. <laughs> I was like, oh, okay. I don't know. Like, okay, I should sleep. And um, I'll never forget that, right? And um, Steve was just really important. Like, I, took a nap this after, I, took, I took a nap this afternoon. And naps, is, I find naps really important. I find like, if you get good enough sleep, you probably don't need to nap. But I find like, naps are also healthy as well. Take breaks, make sure your body and your mind is rested. Um, optimum performance is everything, and just go to meet your best. Um, Andy's here. Hey, Andy. I'm not saying hi to myself. Andy, I am. <laughs> One business opportunity. Hmm. You've noticed during COVID that you will that you will pursue. I think you need to not pursue. No, that is. Um, Andy, do you mean? I think you need. I think you need to do pursue. Which what is one business opportunity you have both noticed during COVID that you will? Oh, maybe not pursue. Yeah, maybe not pursue. Give us ideas. Um, um, I don't think that this is what I noticed in COVID, but I thought about it years ago, and then this weekend we were discussing. Like, we were discussing um Devo the delivery service for like your corner shop and I thought oh years ago I had the idea of delivering beauty products like because I used to always get caught out I used to be washing my hair and thinking oh my god I don't have conditioner and having to get dressed and run to the shop to get conditioner so one thing that I thought of was oh a delivery service but for beauty products so you can literally open the app order a conditioner and get it sent to your house but clearly all I do is think about products hence why that was the first thing that came to mind <laughs> love that um I will come back to my answer. I think mean, I thought, I thought that's that's one. This bothers me so much. So ultimately, so I and thank you for all the birthday wishes every weekend and um, and messages. And stuff. I am getting back to everyone today. I'm still replying. So here's part of my problem. So I'm in. So on WhatsApp, I wake up every day to like a few hundred messages, right? and um, that's a blessing to people. I mean, nice people who say hi. Um, part of the problem is though is that a lot of the time when I don't know people. Um, and it happens with events, uh, over email especially. Back, so I'm doing. I'm speaking at some event tomorrow, and um, a bunch of people who are like also speaking at the event and attached to it have started emailing separately, and that's fine. But it does at least like this um, this load and this like increasing notifications and excess. Um, and what I think is missing in the world, in the world of communication, is um, private, really private group communication. Someone go and build this, please. Where all you do. Is I'm just getting my charger. I'm still here. Okay, sure. All, all you do is you um you create an event, right? You call it like whatever events called. Let's say we're doing a event, and you put everyone's emails. You create you create you create an event, and then as soon as you create an event, you get like a hash. You get be it like event one two three. You share that event. You share that you share that code with other people who are speaking at the event. They then go to this website or app or something. Put the event code in. And they can see comms about it. No one's email just on mobile number shit. No. And guess what? The, the key, the key feature would be expire. So it's, you set a time. You say the event's tomorrow. So that that event that that app will, will that will expire on Wednesday. 
and that'll be it. So it expires. And the comms expire. And the comms, you can see the comms history there, but no one can communicate after that. And it's all private. No mobile numbers are emerged just now, so I'll expose. Um, yeah, someone gonna build that. I, I would like someone companies would pay to have people use it for privacy and that stuff. But yeah, I think go and talk to customers about it. Anyway, so um so let's see. So last question, um Last question from the audience, last two questions from the audience, because there's one in the question, but I don't know if you can see it. What is your single piece of advice for business owners who are suffering in this pandemic badly? You said pivot, right? Yeah, I think that's the 2020 <laughs> has been the year of pivot. Like that has literally been a word that we've been throwing around all year because it's been our only way to get by. Um, but you have no choice. Like if failure isn't an option, then you just have to find another way to win. So observe, experiment, and then execute. Um, and when I say observe, I also mean listen, like speak to your customer. If you've got a really refined customer that you really know well, you know quite intimately, then our best ideas are always after calls with brands or we're like, oh, did you notice that they said X? Oh, okay, I didn't know that that was so valuable to them. That can be another product. Oh, did you notice that they said why? Oh, wow, I didn't know that that service was also something that they were getting from it. Okay, cool, let's add that as a product. Um, so I think just listening, listening, um, analyzing, and then executing is my only advice because, yeah, the pandemic is mad. I mean, I saw something today that said it's probably going to last till 2022, which means we still have a way to go. Yeah. Do you, do you mind? I mean, it's not unrealistic, is it? Because we're at the end of 2020 and we're still going into another lockdown. Um, but yeah, my best advice is just to really get to know your customer, listen to them, and then act on what they're telling you to do. Listen. Like, observe, experiment, execute. Listen, listen, analyze, execute. 100%. Listen is the most underrated skill when it comes to entrepreneurship, right? Just listen. And your customers will actually tell you the answer. They tell you everything. Every like, they don't even realise either. Like, they're just speaking and you should just always have a pen ready to be yep. if They said X, let's do Y. No, they said X, let's do X, sorry. If it's consumers, if it's businesses, I remember I was doing business calls, um, enterprise calls to sell software um, for my startup and I remember like being on the phone and I remember like the calls would get cut off for 60 seconds, like usually like 30 seconds or 40 seconds. I remember the first day I was like, oh, that was so bad. The first week I was like, oh, I made like, oh, like 70 something calls and no one said, no one would take, no one cared. And then, the following week, I started writing down what they said and I started changing my script based on words they yeah, use. That's what we do. Change, change, change my script. So, change script based on words they use. And then, any questions they ask, I would rewrite my script and put those mm -hmm. answers questions really early. And also, because the conversations were extended, they'll be like, wait, can I get this person on the call? Or actually, just talk to this person. And that's how you get in business. That's how you get in business, right? Um, that's how you get in business. Um, a Yes. Last two questions here. So, what is your advice, Jamelia? Um, so, you mentioned when starting, people should work for stability and run their company. What is your advice for people? What is your advice for someone working nights whilst building their business? And then the next question, I'll, I'll give the questions in the questions, and then we can wrap up. Right. Um, I think the beauty about working while running a business, and I've heard a few different people do this, is not pay themselves from the business, but pay someone else to do it. So you're running the business, but you've actually put someone else in the position to do everything that needs to be done so that it's not just you doing it because you've already got your salary coming in. And to me, that sounds like a great idea. I don't have experience doing it, so I can't, I can't tell you that, that that worked for me. But I've heard it work for other people as far as delegating the work that's needed to be done for their business and paying for it through their business and paying themselves through their salary 
and then just growing the business. So let me go back a bit. So you're paying someone else to execute and run the business on a day to day, but then you're still able to work on the business from a strategic and an analytical perspective. So you can still look at the business, see what's working, maximize that, increase revenue, and then grow the business that way, all by all while being paid by your night shifts. And for me, that's the best way to do it because I think it's unrealistic to say, yeah, stay up in the day all day and also run the business. No, probably not going to work. Why you sleep actually says that people that work um, night shifts, there's actually a correlation between them and certain mental health issues because you don't get exposed to sunlight in the same way that everyone else does. So, yeah, that's just that on that. But I would definitely recommend getting someone else in place and paying someone to do what you're unable to do. So the last audience question to say is, you mentioned earlier about regret not having a co-founder. What are a couple of benefits you think you would have seen if you did have one? Um, sharing my load, having someone that completely understands. Um, I think it's just about having someone that completely understands, someone that can help you make strategic decisions. Um, I think fortunately for me, I don't work with yes women. So a lot of the time I do get pushed back on the things that I say and I really value it because it allows me to either really fight my case and make the decision or actually rethink and think, oh, maybe that wasn't such a great idea, Jamelia. Um, so I think that having a team works can fill that void. But I think the main void is just having someone that has equal responsibility and is equally as accountable to everyone else as you are. Because, yeah, you feel like a lone soldier a lot of the time. And as much as you can have great relationships with your team, at the end of the day, they need to be paid. And at the end of the day, you're there to be of service to them, essentially. So I think it would be nice just to have that person to almost like bounce off and just share the load. Yeah. Um, great, and there's a question in here regarding best business book, business, best business book to read for Xmas. Um, can the audience answer so Jamie can get to the last few questions here now? Um, Jay, um, thanks so much for doing this. I, I love this. Um, as I said right at the start, and I, I'll start as I'll finish as I end, right? One of my favorite um people, um, not just entrepreneurs, one of my favorite people, definitely you inspired me. Um, thank you. Last few things, quick, quick, fight. Um, what advice do you have for? I actually touched on the last one. You probably just answered that. What about you have to say to the founders? Um, what about you have for those trying to build subscription businesses? And then, um, that's okay, though. And then, what advice you have for black female founders? So, let's go quickly then, like, raising clean what you just said. So, what advice you have for solo founders? Uh, find great mentors. Cool. And build a good network of other founders as well. What advice you have for those trying to build subscription businesses? Focus on your customer learn your customer and understand why they value what your what your value offering is for them because i think you have to understand the problem that you're solving i think a lot of the time you create a company thinking you're solving one problem where in reality you're solving another problem and i think you can only find out the problem that you're actually solving by speaking to the customer and learning um the value that you hold for them yep and then what last thing is what advice do you have for black female do your thing, um, yeah, do your thing, take up space, ask for more, follow up more. Like, if someone's not getting back to your emails, keep following up. I'm sorry to say it, but I'm sorry, it's the truth. Like, everyone else does it, and I've seen other people from other backgrounds do it very well. So, like, yeah, fill yeah. up a chair. Follow up. Fill up a chair when you can, create your own table if you have to. 
but exists very loudly, take up a lot of space. And first and, and no, sorry, not first and foremost, most importantly, ask for help because that is something that I don't do enough. But you've been doing, and you're, and you're, we're all improving on it. Improving, I'm improving. We're all, we're all improving every single month, and you're not alone. We're all, we're all bad, we all need to get better. That's so many things. Um, yeah. You mean it's been a pleasure. Like my three takeaways from this are one is New York, New York. Um, always. Always. Second thing is every time you come to the office, Spring Hills, you never know what's going to pop up. <laughs> um, and the last thing is um, we went from a campaign of that like, self isolate and subscribe to. Everyone here, please um, that social distance and subscribe. Go to treasurechest.co.uk and um, follow the account and um, become one of the, um, the people receiving boxes every single month and have your life changed and have your hair changed. Um, Jumelia, thank you so much. Um, and everyone, go follow Jumelia. She's incredible. I'm a big fan. And for anyone who wants to um, pitch on pitch back, hit me up. Um, I'm putting a schedule in place for um, the next few months, I guess. Um, yeah, Jumelia, thanks so much today. Thank you, Andy. Thanks for having me. Oh, good. And thanks to everyone here. Everyone have a great evening the rest of the week. See you. Yeah. See you. Bye. Bye.